You're listening to Spotlight on Business on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, here's your host, Laura Smith. Welcome back. I'm Laura Smith for Spotlight on Business. And this week we are speaking with your local hometown bank. It's First State Bank with branches in Middlebury, Elkhart, Goshen, South Bend. I think I missed that on the last time. And now a new special office in Shipshawana as well. They take care of you like family. And honestly, they do. They've been around for over over 100 years, Lori mm-hmm. Faltinsky. Yes. I'm amazed by that. Lori Faltinsky's here. She's fraud and loss prevention officer at First State Bank. And uh, boy, oh boy, and this has just been something, as I said before, that has been in the news so much lately. It's hard to keep track of it. It makes your head spin. Every scam you hear about and you worry and you think that maybe only the elderly are the ones getting scammed because they, you know, they they get frightened easily. And these scammers find a way to really scare uh, the, the people on the phone and in, in emails and things like that. But um, it's not you, you said it's really virtually anybody can be lured into a scam. And I explained I had and and my partner on the air on Michiana's Morning News, John, he had he his whole bank account was drained. That's how bad it was because the caller ID actually had the name of his bank on there, which it, it, intuitively you think, oh, well, as long as it's, you know, on the caller ID, it must be good. But I guess not. No, it is not. You don't want to go by your caller ID because it can be spoofed, as I said. Um One thing you need to realize is that if your bank calls you and starts asking you personal questions, account numbers, PIN numbers, um, just overall security questions, um, it's not always to identify you and it's not always your bank. So you need to be really careful. We have most of your information, such as your account number. I mean, we open that account. We have that account number. We're not going to ask you for that account number to identify you um, or your or your debit card number. That's another one. That's a big one that gets asked. Let me have your debit card number. Well, no, I'm not giving anyone my debit card number is the answer you should be giving. Yeah. And so, even the woman who asked me for my last the last four digits of my social I think she really was from my bank, Mm -hmm. but I was like, no, I want to get into the habit of just Mm -hmm. saying no to that. If I need to find out whether or not that Mm -hmm. was a legitimate call, I will call them. But I am no longer giving my Mm -hmm. last four digits even because you said that even just with the last four digits, they can get the rest of the number, correct? They, They usually have the number. That's why they have the last four digits. It's easy to get your social security number. Every day we hear about companies, corporations, businesses getting their systems hacked, um, credit bureaus, uh, insurance firms. Uh, Your information is most likely out there, so be very careful when someone asks for it. Now, Lori, I know there is um, there's a particular scam that's apparently quite prevalent, something to do with gift cards. Would you explain what that one is? Definitely. Uh, gift cards are a wonderful product. You see them at every store, every gas station, Sam's Club, all across Michiana. You will see gift cards and you can purchase a gift card. What I need everyone to remember is gift cards are for gifts. If someone on a phone call or on your email is asking you to pay for something, whether it's pay the IRS, whether it's pay your fine for the uh, South Bend Police Department saying you have a ticket. Um, You don't buy a gift card to pay them. You hang up. 
because anyone asking you to buy a gift card, other than your grandkids mm-hmm. who might want a gaming gift card, you say no. Gift cards are for gifts. Gift cards are not to pay bills or fines. That's where you get into trouble. Oh, and don't even bring up that thing about the grandkids, because I heard about a scam where um, somebody impersonated the voice of like their grandkid or something and ended up, you know, getting a lot of money out of someone that way. It's really just a very, um, oh, it's just a, 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 a terrible time in terms of that, of not knowing whether you can trust the person on the phone or not. Um, what are some other common tricks that are being well, tossed around the, out there? You're speaking of the grandparent scam, and that's that's another big one. People get a call. Um, the, the call is vague at first, but as soon as they say, Grandma, this is your grandson, if you have a grandson, you're speaking their name, and they're like, yes, it's Michael. Please help me. I'm in jail. You oh, need yes. to go buy gift cards and get me out. This man will talk to you and tell you what to do. Now, you are in such a fright that your grandchild is in jail. This is where you stop. You don't panic. You think this through, and you do not go buy gift cards. You want to contact your grandchild, contact your child to contact their child you want to stop tell them you'll call them back they probably will hang up on you and you want to just do some research before you're straight out withdrawing money taking it to an overnight packaging place putting it in a box and sending it out to get your grandson out of jail or your granddaughter out of jail absolutely and also um would you call the police in a situation like that? Yes. Um, I do recommend that people call the police in their scams when they're scammed. Um, most of these scams are coming from outside of the country. Uh, it, you're not going to get a result that they caught somebody and they're under arrest most of the time. Um, but it is good for the police to track where the scams are and what they are. Yeah, and to see if there are multiple ones, mm-hmm. perhaps in, in in a particular neighborhood yes. or so. Yeah, these are all um, scary things, but really important to constantly remind your kids, yourself, mm-hmm. your parents. I'm constantly telling my mom, mom, don't answer the phone when you don't recognize the number and they don't leave a voicemail. Right. <clears throat> don't think you have to call that number back no. for any reason whatsoever. And um also, a charity sometimes, the Police mm-hmm. Benevolent Association, mm-hmm. that type of thing. No one should be asking you for money on the phone anymore. Is that true? Uh, I would say that's absolutely true. I, they do ask for money, but I would say that there are many local charities. If you'd like to donate to, you could find a local charity pretty easy. You just don't know where that call is coming from and what charity you're donating to and if it's a charity at all. So I would say stick with your local charities. They're advertised a lot. They mm-hmm. need assistance. I would say you're safest with that. And How safe is it to give your 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 debit card information for example a lot a lot of companies have our debit card information mm-hmm. or our routing numbers um, for direct deposit or direct you know taking out for for monthly bills and such mm-hmm. is that how safe is that so 
most payments these days are not by check. They're by debit card. They're by the ACH clearinghouse. They're all automated where you give someone your account number and they charge your account on a certain day each month. Um, Check fraud is still rampant, but the debit card fraud is really rampant as well. It's every day there are cards being compromised. Uh, we, We hire a firm to kind of watch our customer transactions to see if it's in the normal realm of what you do, if you're purchasing something outside of the country, and we get alerts, so we try to alert you, question if it's your transaction, but debit card numbers get compromised. Almost every place you go, you can have a chance to have your card compromised. It's just the nature of the product. The chip cards have helped in not being able to duplicate a card and use that card somewhere else good to know so that has that has helped um it's not the perfect fix a lot of people have their cards loaded into their phone Uh and their wallet their apple wallet or that easy tap and go those also can be compromised if your phone gets scammed as well if your phone gets a a virus easily to get in and get that information so just Use the two-factor authentication where you get a text or a phone call back to confirm it's you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't text and answer that code, then they will not allow the transaction. Okay. And that was my other question about this. So when somebody sees there's a fraudulent charge on their card, mm-hmm. and let's say they're with First State Bank, mm-hmm. how is that handled? What should they do? And Will they be able to get their money back if it's proven that they did not purchase it or it's likely they did not? So there's a regulation, Regulation E, that assists the banks and the uh, customers to get their money back on these transactions. You do need to report it. And, you know, we may ask some questions about that company, if you've used them before, if you've paid them before. But um, it's, if reported in a timely manner, you should be able to get reimbursed for fraudulent transactions. And how quickly does that happen? Because I know it Mm -hmm. varies from bank to bank, and I I wonder. Regulation E does put some timelines in, on giving us some time to investigate. I would say that many of our customers reporting fraud will get an immediate credit back, but Mm -hmm. not all institutions do it that way. And I believe there's a, don't quote me, I believe there's a 10 day, we have 10 days to investigate further, Mm -hmm. but a lot of our customers, we do reimburse right away. And then we work on trying to get the funds back from the company or where the card was used to purchase something. And I can tell you Mm -hmm. that, Um, When I was talking about my partner um, Mm -hmm. having his bank account drained, he was not with First State Bank. And Mm -hmm. let's just say it took an inordinate amount of time for him to get his money put back in there. He was missing payments Mm -hmm. to his daughter's college. And it was really a terrible situation. Mm -hmm. And I I think that, you know, part of having a hometown bank like First State Bank, one of the, the great benefits is having people who know you. And you've established a relationship Mm -hmm. and you'll have people there available to help you. You're not Mm -hmm. a number in some huge worldwide conglomerate bank. It's it's a different thing. So I get the feeling that with First State Bank, people would be able to get their issues uh, 
squared away as quickly as possible. Uh, I wish they were all a dream to get through and quick and easy. Um, that's not always the case, but we work really hard to answer our phones, which a lot of institution, financial they institutions don't answer their, don't phones phones answer anymore. their phone. Lo- even we, local <laughs> branches right down the street of right. some some banks, not yours, mm-hmm. um, are like that. And I know when mm-hmm. I've called for state bank, mm-hmm. someone always answers the phone. Well, we do have a live call center, live people that are right in the main <laughs> office. Like human beings. Yes, Imagine live that. human beings to talk to, and they'll get you either to me or to our debit card fraud representative, and we will get started on it right away and do everything we can to help you out. Well, I that is just great news. And once again, when it comes to banking these days, I think so many people with everything that's going on in the world, would just feel a bit safer if they knew that they had a hometown bank that's right here in Michiana and only here in Michiana. It's not everywhere in the world. It's in Michiana, but they're available to you and they truly care um, about you and your money. So First State Bank, with uh, their wonderful branches in Middlebury, which was their first over 100 years ago, and then Goshen, Elkhart, South Bend, and now Shipshawana. Uh, Lori Faltinsky, thank you so much for this really important, uh, important messaging, I think, today. People need to just constantly be reminded to be aware and, and be wary. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for having me. First State Bank. You can find them at bfirst.bank. I'm Laura Smith. See you next time. If you missed any part of today's show, log on to 953mnc.com and look for the Spotlight on Business podcast. Be sure to tune in again next Sunday afternoon at 4.30 for Spotlight on Business on News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel, your breaking news and weather station.